This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tyak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. And yes, you are on The Glow Show, Joy 94.9, this lovely Monday evening with a favourite police radio show. Gabby, how are you today? I'm great. I had a lovely weekend. Did you? I did, actually. You don't believe what's going to happen this this weekend. I actually saw some police motorcycle riders uh, that we used to call them TT cops when I was a kid. TT cops? Yeah, because they used to ride around in Yamaha uh, TT 600s and, and they used to chase us out of the quarry and out of the paddock. And, <laughs> you oh, were one of those kids, were I you? I was one of those kids. And believe it or not, when I was one of those kids, I actually got caught riding my motorbike where I shouldn't have been riding it and I had to go to court. <sighs> I know, I was 17 years old and it was Kids quite, causing trouble. I believe it. I was a kid once, believe it or not. <laughs> well, we're talking about kids. It's funny you mentioned that because in the studio with us today, we have a first timer. Yo. Leading Senior Constable Di Bloom, who's from the Melbourne Proactive Unit, part of my area where I work. Hi, Di. Hello, Gabby. Diane, um, I'm just talking. Thank you. Welcome to the Glow Show. Thank you. It's an absolute honour to be here for the first time. I've listened many, many times and tried to catch Gabby, <laughs> but have missed it. So I'll be sure to um, make sure that Monday night is my Monday night for listening. Well, you can always listen to us on a podcast, Di. There's many, many episodes. Start listening yes, once a week to us. Gab, you know how... Um, I know, I'm you're not, busy. Uh, yes, but not, busy. Yes, not always fabulous on technology and no. getting, getting my timing right. Yeah, and Di is a youth resource officer, so deals with young people and does some really great work, I might add. Excellent. Now, Di, I always love to ask, um, every, all our guests, when and why did you become a, a police officer? What made you get involved and, and what experience have you had over the last um, time? 10 years, yeah. Do we talk yeah. about age? Comes into it. <laughs> Without Not giving age. your age away. Yes. Yeah. So I have been a police officer, I uh, can't even say the word, for uh, 20, I don't even know what I am, 29 years. But I really consider myself more a youth resource officer than um, Gabby and I get to kit up from time to time and support communities and fabulous events that I get to come along. So my major role probably for the last 20 years has predominantly been youth resource officer. So why did I join the job? We all join the job because we want to help the community. That's and true. Absolutely. And when, when you get into it, that's when you really understand, wow, it's a big, big sector within the community to support. No, wonderful. Now, your current department, so you mentioned that you work alongside Gabby in a greater department, but you're the youth resource officer. So tell us a little bit about that role. So there's myself and one other. So there's sort of a 1.5 where we're growing as youth resource officers and predominantly you just I'm working with kids from uh, a spectrum from uh, trying to avoid them from being victim to the pointy end of those that are facing court and how to 
assist them in changing behaviours and get them to see that they can have a, a different life. Not to say that it's um, going to change the world, but it's going to change the, their world. So you'd be looking after youth in all facets of the community, as in not just them committing a crime, but being victims of it or... In between, yeah, and in between, yeah. yeah, and it's really arming young people with how to make decisions. Now, whether it's just walking down the street if they're in the city on a school excursion, how do they walk down the street? Do they walk down the street with their phone on? Do they walk down um, crossing the street with their phone on? So it's giving them some preventative measures to avoid them from being a victim in regards to whether it's theft, whether it's um, sort of coming across people that are in their face, or to the point of sexual assaults that are occur um, on transport in the street. So really getting them to understand the situational awareness is really, really important. Kids are busy, their minds are busy, they're going 10 million miles to the dozen, the city's exciting, but they have to be completely aware of what's going on around them, even to the point of crossing the road. So it's there's a lot in there in regards to presentations and support that we give schools uh, that come into the city. Um, and then it goes to the end of supporting young people who either go to court or have cautions or come up on our police radar. radar. There's lots of different ways that we can hone in and identify young people that need support if they're starting to travel down the criminal track. So a lot of our proactive roles are about basically being there for a particular community and in your um, area it's young people. So I think if I'm not uh, taking words right out of your mouth, um, you're trying to prevent young people from becoming victims and if they're going along the path of looking like they may be, become offenders and breaking laws to try to push them or show them the, the way back with support services to try to prevent them from becoming um, offenders in, in, in court and then locked up in, in jail. Yep. Very much so. And it's not telling kids how to be. It's just providing them with avenues that suit them. No single life is the same ever, Mm -hmm. even if you get the same circumstance. So young people that maybe it's low socioeconomic or just have parents that might have mental health or drug and alcohol um, issues themselves find it difficult to be able to support their young people or their their, um, children themselves or carers. Sometimes it's grandparents that are caring for their grandchildren. So sometimes they're unarmed with what resources are available and if they're not aware, well, the kids are certainly not going to be aware. So it's really just trying to give them enough information to make choices. What are some of the platforms that you use to to get the message of your department out there? Do you exercise social media or, or is it more footwork with presentations at schools? It's... It's a lot of uh, feet on the ground type work. So I'm not one for pushing social media. I know Gabby's fabulous at it and I love being in her photos. (laughs) But it's really connecting with schools, connecting. It's about finding that network and that one person with an agency Mm -hmm. that is understanding what we're trying to achieve and what, that we're able to, to work and support together. So we have e-referral systems that can go out to lots of different agencies, whether it be the young person or the family that are struggling with issues going on with that young person. So it's not just the young person, it's trying to bring all the supports for the family. And again, maybe that's a bit of a flaw. Sometimes that happens. We know where it sort of goes, but then it's off to the agency. And maybe that's a bit of a what we talk about 
things to correct in the future. How do we do that better? So yes, it's pushing it to agencies because we're not professionals in every single aspect of what young people need for support. Um, so agency support is huge for us. Talking about doing it better, which is really, really important to me uh, as a part of the community, uh, certainly reflecting back to 1987 when I was 17 years old and I was a naughty boy mm. riding my motorcycle where I should have ridden it. That never happens anymore. Hell no. No. <laughs> How, how's it changed from when I went through the system I mean, ever so how minor it was. Nevertheless, mm. it was a pretty frightening experience. But how how's things changed back from then to what it is now? What sort of maybe if we could walk through what would happen to someone today mm-hmm. doing something misdemeanor incident like that? Who has yep. to go to court and get his fifty dollar fine and don't do it again, naughty boy type thing? Yeah. What sort of support and how does it how do we how does it all transpire nowadays? Yeah. So then you may have had a conviction. You may have had a sort of a black mark against your name, which becomes really problematic for young people when they've turned 18 and then they want to apply for jobs and get visas. Anything with a criminal conviction... Anything. Anything with a criminal conviction, criminal record, is so restricting. So that's what we're trying to change. So whether it be that they are found guilty but don't have a criminal conviction, that's the big difference. So there's a lot of diversion programs that run all through Victoria. So it's not just the City of Melbourne. There's youth resource officers, there's um, GLOW officers all throughout Victoria. So we're all on the same page now trying to get kids on a diversion. So what's making you ride your motorbike in Mm -hmm. a certain area? How do we get you to understand yes, you'll continually get picked up and it is an offence, but where do you need to ride that it's not illegal? How do you do that? Do you need to join a club? Do you need to do something different? So each case is looked at individually in court. One of the particular ones that I run is called a ropes diversion program. So kids that do go to court get a diversion as opposed to a criminal conviction. And that's really, really important for their future. And Example again with the ropes program, kids come along, we do a rock climbing, two rock climbing sessions throughout the day and some abseiling, but it's also sitting down and having a discussion to say to the point of uh, how does a criminal record to affect your life, whether it's travels, working, um, getting a working with children's check, um, even to IVF and adoption, all these things are really problematic. 10 years after that, they wouldn't have even thought when you're riding your motorbike down the road, that's irrelevant. It can be extremely innocent. Absolutely. As a 17-year-old, you're not the brightest in the world. Not that I'm the brightest in the world now, I must confess, but nevertheless, you aren't the brightest in the world. And yeah, that would be horrific to have such restrictions placed on you. Yeah. And it's... Kids aren't bad kids. No. Sometimes it's the behaviour that kids get together and the behaviour is the bad bit. So if you're a risk taker, I consider myself a risk taker, but I take it educationally and I take it with restrictions that keep me safe. So if you're going to be a motorbike rider down the middle of the street, do it safely. Learn to get your licence, work towards um, buying your bike, do all the things that are going to put you into place to do it properly and take an educated risk when you're a risk taker. So simple little offences like or misdemeanors like that, that can clearly nowadays be managed. And I seem to remember when I went through the process, it was basically there was no conviction. It was laughed. Not, I shouldn't say laughed out of court, but mm. I mean, it was so long ago I can't remember. But there was no yeah. issue. Uh, yeah. It was like a fifty dollar in the honesty box or poor box or something of that that case. Uh, that particular example is fairly minor, 
as you would agree, but let's say a 17 or 16-year-old's involved in a drug offence, something a bit more severe. Uh, is there diversionary programs Absolutely. and options open to them? Yes, is, yeah. very much so. So even if we're talking about a, um, you know, if we go to the extremes, I still think riding a motorbike could be very, very dangerous, but to the extremes of, we use the example of taking a, a Mars bar. So from a Mars bar to a robbery, it's looked at the same and it's given the same opportunities with diversion. So it's really important to support every single young person. Unfortunately, things do change when you're 18, but making sure that they have enough chances, enough support and enough opportunities to make those changes. Changes don't happen overnight. That's why they, we need to keep supporting and keep supporting. It might be the 15th time that they actually get it and go, okay, I cannot commit robberies. Um, that would be seen differently, obviously, because it's probably down the, a bit of a Parkville and detention centre track. But there's a lot of support that we give and we do get a lot of kids that um, at, their, at, at the extreme end that come and do the ropes diversion program. And I can see the change from six months sitting down, having a conversation, and then six months prior committing to their offence, they've made a lot of changes already. No, that's fantastic stuff. Um, we're listening to or talking to Diane from the Youth Resources uh, Department or office. And uh, when we get back, actually, I'd like to talk a little bit more about social media and some of the challenges that we have there. You're listening to Glow Show on Joy 94.9. You're listening to The Glow Show on Joy. Back soon. Listen to us right around the nation. Joy 94.9. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. You're back with The Glow Show on Joy 94.9. You're speaking to Will and Gabby. And in the studio, we have one of my wonderful colleagues, Di Bloom, who's a youth resource officer working in Melbourne. We've been speaking about some of the options that young people have when they're committing crimes, trying to get them out of the justice system. And now I know that social media is a big part of young people's lives. It can be a good thing, but it can also be a very dangerous thing. Absolutely. And trying to keep up with the um, mediums of social media, I struggle. Kids uh, walk all over us with, yeah, with what they know. Um, again, like you say, is a good thing, but is also a bad thing because they haven't got the um, cognitive development to actually trigger what's right, what's wrong sometimes, and they just get caught in the flow. I know we all get into the zone and the cone when the phone goes on, and that's why you need to be really careful simply just walking down to, down the street. Um, I know we're sort of going off on another tangent, but even to the sake of crossing the street and not being aware and having social media in your hand, being concert or being distracted um, we actually have a lot of fatalities and injuries just in relation to that now going down to the other spectrum as to what they're doing and what they're looking at um, I always say to kids that if you're if you're getting the butterflies and if you your guts telling you what you're doing on social media because your body will do that all the time have a listen is it the right vibe? Is it the right feeling just by getting caught and caught up in um, the flow of what you're doing and not really thinking or concentrating? Have a listen to your body every now and again because there are so many uh, perpetrators that unfortunately use social media. There are so many backdoors that um, organisations that aren't reputable are trying to get to kids and that's one of our really big concerns. Um, we've got task force um, units that really really look at what goes on behind the scenes. So it can go from, yeah, distraction to serious offences. 
You mentioned that obviously the kids are vulnerable to sexual predators online, a very real problem that we're all aware of as adults. What's some of the things that, that at the other end of the spectrum where they actually get involved in crime with social media? Has there been any examples of that? Lots of examples because it is very quick and easy for kids to just get caught up and have a thousand friends on social media. Mm. Now, if you're not prepared to go to dinner or hang out or go for a coffee or catch up at um, Subway or Macca's and all the good places that kids go to, um, if you don't know somebody face to face, don't include them on your social media because you don't know who they know that may not be suitable um, and could really land you in in serious trouble. Mm. I always say to to younger people that when you go out on the street, you have a sense of being streetwise uh, with all the rules that's incumbent with that. Uh, You should try and also have the same thinking when you're on social media. You should be so-called streetwise or social media-wise. And yes, when you get back to to gut feeling and so on and so forth. So it's being a good citizen and what we talk about, there's lots of um, cyber presentations that we give and we work very closely with the Australian Federal Police Mm -hmm. in regards to cyber presentations. And it's very much being responsible for a digital footprint and being a good citizen online. Absolutely. So... Sorry, Di. If you're a parent listening to this and you're and you're not hugely up to date on how to look at social media and how to monitor what your young your child is looking at, is there somewhere that they can go to to get information about what other signs to look out for for problematic behaviours or is whether their their child is actually becoming a victim of of a predator online? Is there somewhere they can get Absolutely. information? Yeah, eSafety is the commission that gives parent support, school support, young people support. They can report online um, issues that they're having and sometimes it can be anonymous away from parents. Um, Kids Helpline is another big one as well specifically for young people but I would say e-safety is a big one for parents, even teachers trying to sort of recognise behaviours that are going on for their students and for young people just to have a bit of an understanding what should they be looking for again we nobody can tell anybody what to do but just being aware and being educated of some of the things that they need to be mindful of and I guess we've been looking at victims and offenders in relation to crime but what about young people who are being bullied or um, have depression as a result of how they're treated online Um, because now as a young person or as any age you can't get away from the bullying because a lot of it is coming through social media so is there some way that um, parents can help their their kids when they're being bullied online? I still go back to e-safety so if you just google e-safety it comes up with all the options but individually you screenshotting is a really good aspect and then deleting so if you've got a screenshot and you want to report it having that evidence is is important but unfortunately it means that you've still got to have um, that reminder in your phone but reporting it or prior to that you want to make sure that you're blocking it that you're telling each medium whether it be Facebook or Snapchat etc etc just blocking or reporting and blocking is a really good option for kids because I know they get caught up and they want to have the last word and they want to not keep it going but they want to put a stop to it them individually but not telling parents but blocking and stopping and reporting to the organisation or to the, the medium is really important and that's just something that they can do themselves. And sometimes kids are um, they don't want to tell their parents 
parents things because I think if they're telling their parents that something's wrong with what they're doing online, that they might not be able to use it. So is there anywhere they can, the, the young people can go to to get assistance? I'm going to say e-safety again. Okay, yeah. well, that's a good Sounds like yeah. the place to go. <laughs> that's it. So yeah. for parents and young people alike. Correct. Yes. So that gives all the options and all the information and the where to go. Perfect. Diane, we spoke, obviously, about social media, but originally we were talking about uh, kids who have performed crime, carried out a crime themselves, whether it be high-end or low-end. At the other end of the spectrum, victims, uh, youth victims, whether it be of any particular crime, what sort of support services do you offer people of obviously various crimes. Mm. So loosely, what sort of uh, supports do you give to young people who are victims of crime? So all police officers, not just myself, so anyone who's reporting a crime to police, every single police officer has the opportunity and to have a discussion with the young person. And sometimes we've changed it a little because we're, it was becoming a bit hard because you had to have signatures and so forth from parents or carers for the young person to put in referrals. So again, those referrals can go from being victims um, right through to support of drug and alcohol. But every single police officer can do referrals that will support and it'd be too hard for me to tell you every single agency because it covers the entirety of Victoria. So what's um, important for a young person in Bayside is going to be completely different in Broadmeadows, Dandenong, across the board. So it's very specific to the young person in their area and those support services contact the young person. So that can be done uh, with even a verbal okay from guardians and parents, but it's sort of to the point where we're making sure that something is covered for that young person. When a young person's either involved in a crime or a victim of a crime, do you also provide support on services to the parents as well who can also be victims of their child being a victim? Absolutely. And a lot of the time, young people will have support from school mm. and that's enough for them and that's working really well. There's a lot of wellbeing um, that has been introduced and revamped and made better within schools. That's usually the first place to go for most young people. But for parents, again, they're ripping their hair out and they don't know what to do. So, again, our uh, e-referrals from Victoria Police are the ones that we can put forward and the agencies will contact the families. And this also applies to young people who are from the LGBTI community and from different cultural backgrounds. Absolutely. So anything that, whether it be a young person or family, are struggling with, whether it be financially, whether it be um, housing, not to say that we just put in one referral and magic dust appears. Mm. That's not quite... um, the, the result, we'd love that result, but sometimes it takes a few phone calls or it ta- takes probably, uh, maybe a couple of different agencies that suit the young person as well because they have to connect mm. properly and that's really important. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So, it, yeah, it can be right across the spectrum. Whatever a young person is needing support with or family, that, that gets covered. What's some of the challenges you're seeing for the future, Diane? Uh, really just trying to get young people more educated Mm. faster 
in regards to, uh, I would say, social media is a big one because everybody just gets caught away. I was with her um, having dinner with a friend last night. She said, oh, my gosh, her daughter's going into year seven and she's giving her a phone. And her eyes rolled and went, oh, my God, because that's just going to open up a whole new world. So just educating young people, but also parents. If parents aren't aware of some of the mediums that they're on, if they can, get on to Facebook, get on to Snapchat, be aware of what's going on. So really educating families and young people. And we need to do it primary school, even to the point of kindergarten Mm. onwards. So we're finding at the pointy end, too late. We're way too late. And they've gotten themselves a little bit too deep or into trouble and don't know how to reverse it quickly. So the the more prevention work we can do, the better. So if you're a parent of a young person or a child who's only three or four, start doing research, get onto eSafety. Absolutely. Do some reading and prepare yourself because before you know it, that your child is going to want to be on social media on some kind of platform and they're yes. get, it's getting earlier and earlier. Absolutely. And even to the point I was listening, um, so I do listen to a lot of talk back, but headphones. Headphones are really dangerous for for the ear aspect in regards to just blocking out. Um, They're trying to make sure that there's correct decibels that young whether it be um, primary school or kindergarten, what are kids listening to? What are they looking at? And really being aware of some of the complications that we might not see for another 10, 15 years. Headphones are diabolical. Headphones becoming a problem. I guess motorbikes aren't a problem anymore nowadays. Because you're off the road on a motorbike. You're not riding anymore, Will. (laughs) (laughs) Diane, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in this evening. Um, You do fantastic work. You should be really proud of yourself. And it's been a pleasure having you here tonight. Thank you. We hope to see you again soon. Gabby, you have a lovely week and you stay safe out there. And I'll see you next week. See you next week. You've been listening to The Glow Show on Joy 94.9. That's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make The Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tyak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy. A diverse sound for a diverse community.